Welcome to 500 Seconds to Joy. I'm your host, Stephanie, and I had the honor of interviewing Jennifer Allwood, and she is an incredible entrepreneur, a wonderful person, Christian, faith-filled woman. She's just incredible, and she has the top-rated podcast called The Jennifer Allwood Show, and she teaches people how to turn their creative hobbies into lucrative online businesses. Her book, she's an author now, is called Fear is Not the Boss of You. It's incredible. Definitely go get it. So in part one of our two-part conversation, Jennifer is sharing her entrepreneurial journey and she's talking about her life-giving morning routine. You are not going to want to miss this episode. You're going to love it. Enjoy, friends. Jennifer, welcome to the podcast. Stephanie, hi. I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me. You're so welcome. I'm happy to have you here. And for anyone who doesn't know you yet, um, can you just introduce yourself and share with our lovely listeners all about the many hats you wear? You're a podcaster, you're a digital course creator, you're this Christian entrepreneur and an author now. Yeah. And so, yeah, I'm just excited for you to share everything you do and then a little bit about your family too. Absolutely. Thank you. It feels so like weird and also super fun to hear you say author. So <laughs> that. but yeah, so my name is Jennifer Allwood. I live in Kansas City with my husband of 22 years and our three biological children. Um, and then we got the surprise of a lifetime about 18 months ago with a little girl who is now five that we are in the process of adopting. She's a very um, a long distance relative. She is the granddaughter of my cousin. And so we didn't anticipate having a senior in high school and also a kindergartner, but yet here we are, which, you know, God has a funny sense of humor. <laughs> so mm-hmm. we're adjusting um, as a family. But yeah, I, um, I used to, I, my background was in computer information systems. So I actually have a degree in that, but in about like 1999, which makes me sound a hundred years old, Stephanie, but um, <laughs> I fell in love with like painting, like decorative painting. It was called faux finishing back then. Um, I was starting to become obsessed with like HGTV and, and, you know, the television shows that were showing how to update houses. And I had actually bought my first home when I was 21 years old. And so I had a house, but I was like oh. dead broke. <laughs> Like I could make the mortgage and eat ramen and that was it. And so I was kind of like forced to figure out how to decorate my home and how to make it really pretty on a budget. So even though I had a computer job that was really good um, through my 20s, when I was like 30-ish, I was graduating with my computer degree and I decided I wanted to start a painting company as like a little side gig. And, um, And so I did that. And right after I did that, we got pregnant with my oldest son, Noah. And so I worked completely through the pregnancy up until I was about eight months pregnant. So I was still like up on ladders painting, but, um, Stephanie, I was not like one of those precious girls who looks like she has just a little basketball in her belly, which is like, that wasn't me. Like I was the size of a Volkswagen. It was just, it was, you know, you could tell I was pregnant like 10 minutes after conception. And so, um, and so I was like, okay, I still, I'm really enjoying this money. I'm really enjoying this business. Like, how can I keep this thing going? But I'm going to have to stop painting. And so I called my sister-in-law and I said, would you help me? Like, would you come paint with me? And she did. And she did that for like 12 years, I think is what it ended up being. And so I owned a painting company for 17 years. And during that time had three kiddos. I stayed home full time and managed the business from home and had both my sister-in-law and then a lot of other very talented painting women out in the community painting for me. Um, we had a great run. Like we were on Extreme Home Makeover three different times. I got to, you know, meet Ty Pennington and do houses that were on television. And that was great. I had clients like fly me to Belize to look at a painting project. So the painting um, business was really, really good up until like about five years ago when I had this like 
thought that all of a sudden I couldn't make any more money. It was the bottom line. Like I realized um, all my kids were in school at this point or all of our kids. I say my kids when I'm like bragging on them, like all my kids. And I say, honey, (laughs) they're your kids when they're like in trouble. But all of our kids (laughs) were in school at this point. And so I had gone back to like, you know, working out in the field and managing the painting projects and also painting a little. But I got to where I was thinking, gosh, they're really, I'm, what am I doing wrong here? Because even though we're working a lot, I didn't feel like we were making the amount of money that we should have been. And so I decided to kind of shift from painting locally in Kansas City to trying to teach people online how to paint their houses. And that quickly grew to a six-figure business. And I was like, what on earth? And I realized, actually, I'm really good at like Facebook, which is a weird, it's a really weird talent to have, Stephanie, to know that you're good <laughs> at Facebook of all things. And, cool. um, and people kept asking me like, how are you why do how do you have a hundred thousand followers? How do you have two hundred thousand? Like today, I have three hundred and sixty some thousand followers on Facebook, and so they kept asking me to teach them how to do social media, and I wasn't at all like prepared for that. The first lady I remember when she left me a voicemail on an answering machine, like you know, an old fashioned answer machine. It was probably a good six or seven years ago, and she said, "Will you coach me in social media?" And I was like, "What is she even saying? Like she's speaking Japanese. What do you mean, coach you?" Mm-hmm. And I, I didn't know what she was meaning, but I just kept feeling like I was supposed to say yes to the thing God was putting in front of me. And so now I coach about 2,500 women every single month on how to use social media to build a business so that a lot of them can either have a side hustle in addition to their day job, or that they can have a business that they can do from home so they can stay home and raise their kids like I did, because that was something super near and dear to my heart. So yeah, I get to coach thousands of women every month on how to use social media to build a business. That is the long but final answer. (laughs) That's amazing. I, yeah, I love what you do. And, you know, your newest venture, just really quickly, your book that I got an advanced copy to, it feel very special. Um, Fear is not the boss of you. I mean, that title alone, I feel like that just sells it. Just that title. I'm glad you like that because I had to fight for that title. (laughs) I'm not going to lie. Because I don't think a lot of other people at first loved it, but, you know, kind of my style is, I love Jesus with all my heart. I, you know, uh, but I've also got just a little tiny bit of sass in me. And, you know, I think that sometimes it's that little bit of funk, that little bit of sass that's really appealing to the world. And um, I knew that I've wanted to write a book for years and years and years. I tried about four years ago to write a book that was about like the decorating, the decorating and the painting. And it just never got to print. Nobody ever wanted, you know, to, to um, sign for it. It just, it never took off at all. And so, it was the wrong book at the wrong time. And, you know, timing is everything. Um, And so, and I knew that and timing is so important to the Lord. And so last year I had the opportunity, well, you know, it's interesting, like what can happen in just a few years time, because years ago, nobody would even look at the book and then, you know, speed it up a couple of years. And I had four different book um, offers to do the traditional publishing route and had to decide between all of that. And, and that was such an exciting time. And so, yeah, fear is not the boss of you. It's a book about fear. It's a book about getting unstuck. It's a book about, um, for any woman who's ever been like overwhelmed with indecision and paralyzed with fear, which is kind of the story of my life. And so it's kind of wild, Stephanie, to see like where I've ended up right now with three going on four kids. Um, We brought home my husband from corporate America a couple of years ago to work full time in the business with me. Um, you know, I'm speaking on stages that I never thought I would ever be doing. I've got a podcast that was in the top 10 for entrepreneur podcasts recently. Like it's kind of wild, the life I'm living, but I think it's really easy for people to look at it and think, 
oh, you know, she was made for that. And actually, I don't think I was made for this. Like I've had to really grow into saying yes to things that were very, very scary for me. And God just kind of has me on this continual repeat of putting things in front of me that I just literally, you know, want to like run and hide from. But um, he keeps prompting me to say yes. So I keep showing up and here we are. Hmm. Well, that's why your message is so powerful. And like I said, before we hit record, I mean, that's why I listen to your podcast. That's why it's popular because people identify with that. It's so, you know, relatable. And I feel like that's why I love the title because I definitely am a strong Christian, but I also have a little sass in me. Yeah. Um, love that girl. <laughs> so I'm like, oh yeah, fear is not the boss of me. Um, and so I'm really excited for people to read this book yeah. and, um, transitioning to, you know, what we're going to chat about today. Um, I am so excited for you to share with everybody. You're just so practical. You give really good tips and just wisdom and, it's rooted in scripture. I love that you quote scripture. Thank it's really you. important to me in my life. And I, I really identify with that. Um, so anyway, I heard you on Amy Porterfield's podcast, yes, um, online marketing made easy. And I knew this was the topic that I wanted to have you talk with the listeners about because so often morning routines so it's kind of, for me, this word, this phrase is very triggering because it gets all these feelings. And I know a lot of women have, have shared this same sentiment. It gets these feelings of inadequacy yeah. and Shame. not yeah. good enough. Yeah. You're like, do more, do more, do more. Oh, I'm not doing it. I don't have a morning routine. I wake up to my kids crying for me. Um, so I just love what you shared on her podcast. So if sure. you could... Share that with the listeners here, just how your day starts and how you have this really simple morning routine um, when your life is so full. I mean, you just shared about your life. You have a lot going on, but you aren't putting this extra pressure on yourself to have this perfectly crafted morning routine. So I'd love for you to share that with the listeners and just really free them. Yeah. Well, and I get totally what you're saying. Even though my kids are a little bit older now, we have a senior um, a 16-year-old, a 12-year-old daughter, and then the new little kindergartner, Ari. Um, but, you know, at different seasons, I think my morning routine has looked different. And so I feel like we don't serve a cookie cutter guide, right? And so um, I can't have like a cookie cutter schedule. It sounds really fancy to be able to get up every morning at 5 a.m. and go work out. But first of all, I need my sleep. And so like, mm-hmm. I am not, um, there's been seasons of my life when I got up earlier when the kids were younger. I also got to bed earlier, but like in the season that we're in right now, the only alone time I have with my husband is after the kids go to bed at 10 o'clock at night. You know, when you've got high schoolers, they're just, mm-hmm. I'm warning you, Stephanie, their schedules change. And ah, so, help. You know, like 10 to 11 or 10 to 1130 at night, that's the time I have to like have silence yeah. with my husband and have conversations mm-hmm. and connect. And that needs to be of utmost priority because I need to be putting like first things first. Right. And so, mm-hmm. um, so I'm not going to get up at 5am. And so right now I get up when the kids get up six thirty, seven o'clock and we're all, the whole house is kind of waking together. And my main objective even when the kids were smaller and still today is how do we keep peace in the home? What does that look like? So I don't like the television blaring in the morning. If I have anything going at all, it's going to be a podcast and it's going to be a podcast that has um, a Christian component to it because that's how I need to start my day. And so um, I don't get up and exercise. I wish that I could say, you know, I do, but I actually do like my best thinking in the morning. And I feel like 
I fall off the rails if I don't have some quiet time with the Lord every day. So when I get up in the morning, my whole focus is how do we get the kids out of the house, which is much peace as possible. And then after the kids are all gone, we have six hours of silence, Jason and I, to be here at the home. And I don't want to start with exercise. Like that's not going to set my day off on the right tone. It might set my body off in the right state, but I need my mind to be like, you know, producing what it needs to first, even before my body. And so if I can get my mind right first thing in the morning, so we sit down in the mornings and we, I usually don't have any meetings until 930. So I've got a full like hour, hour and 15 minutes to, I know it just sounds so lazy to sit in a chair, to read my Bible, to read a devotional, to listen to a podcast, to stare out the window and look at the geese if I feel like it. Because what I have found about life today is that everybody is going so fast and, and me too, Stephanie. And there's times when, you know, now that I'm 48, I feel like I have a little bit better perspective, but I just need to slow down. And cause your body will start resenting you when all you're doing is pushing so hard and going so fast. And, and so there's times when I just have to give myself the ability to sit because so much of my job in, you know, figuring out like podcasting and the book and blog posts and social media stuff. So much of my job is thinking. And yes, I have a whole team of women that work for me, but I got to have some room to think. Like, when am I supposed to think when I start meetings at 930 in the morning and I'm going back to back until the kids are home at four? You know what I mean? And so having that time at the beginning of the day to get the kids out the door, my husband usually cooks everybody breakfast because nobody wants to eat my food. They all want dads. Um, And we don't exercise until after the kids get home from school. So I know a lot of people start their day with exercise. We just can't, not in this season, maybe another one, but yeah, it is of utmost important to me to just start my day with quiet time. That is really like a non-sexy answer. I know. I love it. No, that's perfect. And I, I really connect with you on the exercise thing because so often the people I follow, you know, the people who inspire you to exercise, they say, do it first thing in the morning. Mm -hmm. That is not me either. I just can't. I am not a morning person, first of all, and I just won't do it. I just won't. And honestly, you know when I work out? I work out at eight or nine o'clock at night. Um, That's what (laughs) I was working out at eight o'clock last night. Yep. Yes. Yes. Me too. Okay. We were working out at the same time. Yeah. And I mean, is it better for my body to do it in the morning? It probably is. But like I said, I've got to get my mind right because if I don't have my mind right, like the body part doesn't even matter. Do you know what I'm saying? And I know my pastor has a funny saying, like, blessed are the flexible. And so, our schedule, when you have four kids like we do and a, a busy business and two dogs that are just nuts and you know, half the time I'm like, how is this even our life? Like, There's just times when you know kids have activities and other things in the evening and yeah, it would be great if we had a set time, we could do it every day. And you know, I know a lot of people are saying, put yourself first. Well, you know what? That sounds great and all, but I'm really trying to put the Lord first and, yes. and I really need to tend to the needs of my family. And while I want to take care of my body, so I am here as long for my family as possible, they have very practical needs out of mom too. And, and me saying, Hey, hang on real quick guys, while I go hit the Peloton, um, you know, while one of them's needing help studying for a Spanish test, like that just makes me a jerk in my, in my mind. And so, mm-hmm. you know, if I can serve my family and then carve out that time for me, then I feel like I've got the right order. Now that that's for me personally. And I don't want to hear, you know, I don't want to have any woman hear that and feel like condemnation, but I just know that this is what works for me. I don't know if I even said that my pastor says, blessed are the flexible. And so I just feel like from one day to the next, you know, it might look a little bit different, but other than on the weekends, I never exercise in the morning. I just don't have the, I don't have the capacity. Mm -hmm, Same. Well, and I like that you're real about things. And I think, 
you know, I think some of the listeners just really need to hear that they need to be freed from that pressure Mm -hmm. to craft this perfect routine, whether it's in the morning, maybe it's in the evening, like the perfect evening routine. Um, So could you maybe encourage that woman listening just to like be flexible and just how to be, you know, simple with it and just like how should they really approach their morning? Yeah. To really keep it focused on God and keep it simple. Sure. Well, I mean, in the mornings, I try to make sure that I do a couple of things. I do fill up like our, a huge thing of water for the day. I do that in the mornings. I make my coffee. I sat down. I always keep my Bible like out. Um, if I'm struggling with getting quiet time in, if I'm in a season where, you know, I'm having to be a little flexible, I'll make sure like my Bible's out in my bathroom. So while I'm blow drying my hair or brushing my teeth, at least I'm getting some scripture in then. So having a Bible like out and open is something that I try to do often. But so I keep everything, you know, that I'm wanting to read, that I'm wanting to study. I keep it there um, where I have my quiet time in the morning. But one of the main things that I have constantly have to discipline myself with, and let me just tell you, Stephanie, it's a struggle, is keeping my phone, like sitting on it, like literally sitting on Mm -hmm. it because otherwise I see that I have, you know, 27 Facebook private messages and, you know, 30 Instagram DMs. And then I'm like, well, what are they saying? Well, what are they doing? I mean, right now Mm -hmm. we're nowhere in launch mode, getting ready to launch the book. And by the time this um, podcast episode airs, I think the book will be out, but so there just, there feels like there's a lot of moving parts. And so I literally have told the team of people that work for me, like in the morning time, you just need to know that that's my time just to, you know, get my answers to questions, to get on my face before the Lord, to figure out what God wants for me, to really like dial that in. And then I'll be available after that. So if you're somebody who's struggling to just to carve out some quiet time, I really suggest that like leaving your Bible open is so good. Also, there's um, podcasts that definitely have, you know, a Christian component to them that I love. Obviously, Stephanie Years has um, you know, the Christian piece to it. I love Darius Daniels. I love Stephen Fertig. And so while I'm putting on makeup in the morning, I will turn on one of their podcasts almost every single day and I don't listen to the news. <laughs> and so, because the news fills me with like, oh gosh, we're getting ready to, you know, it's going to be election season and that feels heavy. And, and, you know, that's not a political statement, by the way, that just every election season, I'm like, oh gosh, here it goes again. All of the, you know, the ads and the back and forth, it just gets so heavy feeling. And, you know, there's, just tragedy in the world. And the news just feels heavy to me. So I literally do not watch the news at all. And we don't hardly do any TVs in the evening um, as well. I mean, my husband watches TV, but in the evenings, I'm like returning social media stuff. I'm answering a lot of like emails after the kids are in bed and I'm trying to connect with my husband. And so that's currently what works for us in this season. But I think it's super important that every individual woman figures out like what works in your season. Like instead of looking to everybody else for an example, like take a tidbit here, take a tidbit there, but there's, there's a way that God wants to connect with you. And there's, um, you know, there's a, a cadence that he wants to bring to your life. One that's going to feel and look right for you. And it's not going to look and feel the same way for the next girl. And I think really figuring that out is a sign of like maturity. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Of realizing I don't have to do it like everybody else is doing it. You know, because when we were knee deep in three kids under the age of six, let me tell you something, quiet time looked a little different. <laughs> oh, yeah. Quiet time looked like they all got to bed and I would cry. I'm like, oh my gosh, two of them have the flu and another one's got an ear infection. You know what I mean? There's, And so mm-hmm. I think we need to have a lot more grace with ourselves on, you know, what that um, quiet time and that relationship with the Lord looks like in different seasons. And um, the Bible says that the Lord gently leads those with, with young. And so. 
that's it for part one. Tune into part two for so much more goodness. Bye for now.